we're really only going to be looking at the first 27 verses of this passage, but it is a story, and it's a real story, and we're going to read the whole thing. So, starting from verse 1, John chapter 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, he said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. The disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was, I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Then Martha heard that the G- Jesus was coming. She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she, she told them. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had been with Mary in the house, comforting to her, notice how quickly she had got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been there here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her, also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirits and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who have opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. The Lord said, Martha, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time 
there's a bad odour, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would not see the glory of God? They took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he, heard that, heard he, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his feet. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is a time of year where you make new resolutions. And I guess our life, when you think about them, are full of priorities. They're full of things that are important, things that must be done. You might be returning to work this week, um, and just at the dread of thinking what the boss, what new task the boss can give you, new reports to write, new clients to see. You might be a student returning uh, to face exams, um, and all that revision is still yet to be done. What about those dishes you have promised to do, and you've not done them yet? How much money is also important to us today, isn't it? I, I, I've been listening to the radio, and I don't know how many times recently I've just heard how we, this is the time of year to sort out your finances, to take a look at those investments, those ISAs, and to say what you're going to do this year with your money. How you look is important too. Um, you, you'll see all the TV programmes that tell you what you should be wearing and what you should be wearing. So our life is full of priorities, full of things important. So how do we decide what is important? Well, John writes his gospel to tell us that there's only one thing that really matters. And if you've got your Bible there, can you just turn and quickly flick forward in John to chapter 20 and verse 31. This is the verse you need to keep in your mind if you're, if you're studying John. This is what John is, is trying to do with his gospel. He says this, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? What does it mean to have faith? You may be asking those kind of questions. You may so often find us, we so often ask those questions and find ourselves struggling to, to give a kind of uh, a straight answer to them. You might have had people give this definition of faith. Faith is believing what you, don't, what you know isn't true. It's the kind of schoolboy definition. Or you may have had this kind of conversation. Um, I wish I had faith like you, as if it was some kind of, well, quoted like being funny or, you know, kind of being good at sports. Or you may have, somebody may have said this to you, um, everyone, has be- everyone has to believe in something. Um, you may have somebody said that to you. Even if you were here in the morning, the, kind of, the illustration of, kind of faith, that, well, it's a kind of wrapped up gift, and you, well, you really can't see inside it, you've just got to wait to the end until it's revealed. Maybe that's your kind of understanding of faith. Well, John not only tells us that faith is the first importance, he also defines Christian faith. All through the Gospel, John is trying to, dis- to reveal to- to Jesus to us, showing us that he is the Son of God. Um, you find John teaching about the bread of life, the light of this world. Um, he is the-, the Word of God. Christian faith, then, is faith in a person. It's faith in Jesus Christ as the maker and redeemer of this planet. So you know we, we were, just so you know where we're going tonight, we're going to be looking at, well, what is faith? The definition of faith. I'm going to see two things about faith. One is negative and one is positive. And then we're going to look at, well, 
should we put our faith in Jesus? Does he have any glory? Because, well, there's not any point in putting your faith in this man if he's, if he's a fake. And we're going to turn lastly to think about that. So if you've got your Bibles open there, and if you've not, then you only need them open. Just keep them open at John chapter 11. Just so you give your background into this. We meet Jesus here in verse 1. And he's been sent word that his dear friend, Lazarus, is unwell. He's in need of his help. And, and this, this friend is he's not just kind of a kind of friend that he knows. It is, it's a dear friend. He is one of his best friends. Just look how he's described in verses 3 and 5. So the sister sent word to Jesus, the, the Lord, the one you love, is sick. Jesus loved Martha, verse 5, and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard Lazarus, he was, was sick, and he stayed there two more days. It is strange that this man, Jesus, who loved these people so much, would stay two more days. Because if your friend is unwell, then you want the person who can make him better to come very quickly. I mean, it's like phoning up the fire brigade and telling them that your house is burning down and they need to come quickly. And for them to say to you, well, you just have to wait two days, we've got this jigsaw we got for Christmas, we've got to get it finished. It's ridiculous. The problem is an is emergency. It needs to be dealt with immediately. So that's the problem. Lazarus is unwell and his best friend, who is, who is the best physician he knows, um, is not coming. So here's the first thing we learn about faith. Faith is defined negatively, negatively. Faith is not criticizing Jesus. And we're going to look at these two verses from verses 21 to 22. We are experts at criticizing. I just come back from four days um, from being away with some friends and uh, my brother had been um, doing some decorating in our flat and uh, the first thing I could say to him that the colour that he had chosen was entirely awful. And if you'd seen it, you would agree with me. Our papers are full of inches and of columns of um, people criticising our leaders. We spend hours talking about what is wrong with David Beckham's haircuts. We spend hours talking about what was wrong with George W. Bush's leadership. Why he gets it wrong. Is he just a stupid person? We talk about Ian Duncan Smith. How he's not the appropriate man for the Tory party. We're just experts at criticising, aren't we? And no doubt you've probably today already had gone in your mind criticising things that have gone on. Well, the surprise here is that the one person who has the right to criticise Jesus doesn't. So look at verse 21. It says, Lord, this is Martha speaking, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. See, what she's saying is, Lord, I know you could have healed them if you'd come quickly. But even still, I still trust you. It's hard to understand exactly what Martha really means in verse 22, when she talks about um, that God will give him whatever, give to Jesus whatever he needs. If you look forward to verse 39, you will see that Martha is not expecting Jesus to raise Lazarus here and now. That's not what she, that's what she expects. She just expects that Jesus will look after it. She'll still trust him. Martha does not black mark Jesus. Her book does not come out. Yet again, here's another instance where Jesus has failed me. It gets noted down. Now, her response to Jesus would give him, would not to give him a right, our, our response would give Jesus a right talking to, wouldn't it? We'd take him aside, we'd tell him how selfish he'd been, why hadn't he become quickly? If you really cared, then you would come straight away. It would respond very much like the Jews. If you look at verse 37 there, that's what the Jews say. But some of them said, Could not he who have opened the eyes of the blind man 
have kept this man from dying. You see, we are very much, the Jews aren't we, criticizing, seeing the faults. But yet Martha sees Jesus coming and she's got lots of questions. But she will not criticize him. She will not judge him. So Martha's faith is not an unquestionable faith. It's not a blind faith. See, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we should follow Jesus with our fingers in our ears and our eyes shut and not ask any questions. Just switch our brains off. Martha teaches us that we can bring our questions to God, but it is in attitude that we bring them. The Christian faith refuses to test God. The man he jumps through our, ho- our hoops. If only I believe I believe in you if you give me a job. Um, I'll believe you if you heal my mother. I'll believe you if you sort my financial problems out. The essence of faith is seeing that Jesus is God and that what he does is always right and always good. This year when you, you're going to, no doubt, be sitting back and making your plans. Well, this, this year when things don't go your way, when they don't turn out the way you expect them to, are you going to get your book out? Are you going to not... Note that, that instance down that Jesus failed you yet again. God has failed to turn up. Or are you going to continue to trust him? Not to criticize, but to bring your, your, your questions to him and attitudes that you trust God. So the first thing about faith, faith negatively it is not criticizing Jesus. Okay, secondly, faith positively, faith is not following Christ. Faith, faith is following Christ. And we're going to look at disciples here. If a friend of yours turned around to you this week and said, I'm off to, to Iraq on my holidays, you would have right, um, it'd be your right to think he was insane. For no sensible person is going to go off on holiday to a potential war zone. They're not going to pack their bags off and go with the, the one place they're most likely to get, get killed. Well, the disciples have a similar feeling about Jesus. See in verse 8, see what they say? But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going back there. You're mad, the table say. Why on earth do you want to go back to a place where they're, they're, they're sitting around the corner ready to shoot you? Jesus then tells them something about, something about walking in the light. And this is exactly what the disciples think. The disciples think he's showing signs of being completely in the dark. In other words, he fails to appreciate the danger he's in. So Jesus talks something about, in verse 9 and 10 about the light. Jesus answers, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees the world's light. But what did Jesus mean? Surely he's the one that's walking in the dark here, that he's not really assessed the situation very well. We'll just flip back in in your Bibles in John to chapter 9 over the page and look at verse 4. As long as it's day, Jesus talking, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. If you turn up to work tomorrow, um, or you go to school, and you do exactly everything that your boss doesn't want you to do, then I'm sure you'll find your your life getting very difficult. Um, You'll start start feeling like you are in the dark, that you're bumping into things, that you're hurting people. See, Jesus recognises what is right is to walk in the way of the Father. 
To do the Father's will is to walk in the light. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach disciples here. If you look at verse 4 of chapter 11, see what Jesus says to them? When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This whole Lazarus dying, being sick, is, is part of his Father's plan. This whole thing has been set up to show that Jesus is, is, has got glory. Jeffrey is five years old. And one day he enters his father's uh, study where his dad there is busy at work and he climbs up onto his knee and he, and he's, he starts asking lots of questions. See, Jeffrey is about to go to school and he wants to know from his dad if he's going to make lots of good friends, if his teacher's going to be nice to him, is he going to get A's in his class test? Will he have to sit beside Sarah from next door? Will he get to high school? Will he get enough qualifications to get to university? Will he become that vet that he always wants to be? See, Jeffrey only wants to go to school if he can have assurances to his questions, that he will get those A's, that he will get to university. And we can often be like that with faith, can't we? Before trusting God, we want to know all the answers, know how everything is going to turn out. But faith isn't like that. Faith doesn't know all the answers or how things are going to turn out. See, the disciples will follow Jesus to Beth and even though they think he's mad. They don't have all the answers. They don't understand what is going on fully. But they will take that step of faith. I wonder what, faith, what, what issues with faith you're battling with. Are you holding back in God because you want all the answers? That you want to know it's going to be okay? How is it going to turn out? Maybe someone's asked you to be a Sunday school teacher. And well, you're not quite sure about it because you want to be sure that the kids will like you and that you'll be a good teacher. Maybe you've got an opportunity to tell a friend at work the gospel and you're a bit reluctant to do it because, well, you want assurance to God that, well, he's still going to be my friend. Maybe you're thinking about going overseas to help teach missionary kids and yet you're maybe a bit reserved about doing that because you want to know, well, is God going to keep me safe? Am I going to get a nice house to live in? Well, what John wants to tell us here tonight is that, well, you might not get all your questions answered, but what faith is, is following Christ. Will we be determined to follow where he leads us, even though it looks dangerous and potentially life-threatening? Disciples do, but they don't have all the answers. So are you going to follow Christ this year? Are you going to fall even when you don't have all the answers? Okay, finally, does Jesus have any glory? This is the big question. For the Old Testament, we see God, you don't have to look this up, but in Exodus 18-19, this is the picture we get of God. This is Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. And the sounds of the trumpets grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. The picture of God we get in, in the Old Testament is one of great glory, isn't it? It's fire, it's thunder, it's trembling mountains. But we reach his son in, in, in the New Testament. And here he is, he's turned up late. And he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to go to Bethany, where he's going to get shot. He seems mad. 
He seems to make lots of mistakes. Does he have any glory? Because there's no point in putting your faith in somebody who's a fake. You don't take, you don't like the, the disgraced MP take your plea up in the House of Commons. No mother is going to take the, their, their child, um, sick child, see the doctor who has been struck off um, the medical register from malpractice. You don't take your car to the mechanic who can't even fix his own. Jesus so far is seen as a man who's lost his mind and has, has failed to, to save, the, save his best friend. But here we, here's the amazing thing. Jesus reveals his glory that he's been sent by God to deal with the problem of death. See in verse 42? See where this is all leading? I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. This whole thing is, is about realising that Jesus has been sent by God. Now let's just turn our attention back to Martha. Why doesn't she black mark, black mark Jesus? Well, Martha understands the problem is death, and that the one who stands in front of her can give her life. See, in verse 19, 19 you find that the Jews, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. See, what John is trying to tell us here is that, well, the best thing we can do is just comfort, isn't it? When somebody dies, we can send them some nice flowers, drop them a nice car, go around and put our arms around them. We can provide a nice funeral, remember the happy times. The best thing we can do is invest our money in medical research so that we may live longer, make sure we've got the best surgeons and doctors. We can send our armies after those terrorists who will seek to take our lives away, who will seek to make our life uncomfortable. That is the best we can do. So the Jews believed comments from verse 24. Did you believe that? Well, they are the inside, inside track with God. They are the special people. And well, they are going to be raised at the last day. But Martha's faith is a bit more than this. See, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's, a, that's his challenge. Do you believe what I said? In other words, Martha, do you believe that I am the one who will raise the dead and give the life to those who believe? Martha, do you believe you don't, it's not just about being an inside track, it's actually about believing in me. And look at Martha's response. She says, yes. She says, yes, Lord. She, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was, who was the, to come into the world. See, this is not a school child answer, isn't it? It's just saying yes to please a teacher. She's not, that's not the kind of answer she's given. She rather must understand that the one who claims to be the resurrection of life must be the Son of God. See, if you met a school teacher and she said she was performing open heart surgery, well, you'd have quest to write, write to question that because teachers don't perform open heart surgery. You don't find people who are, who are atonal um, playing in the world-class orchestras. Well, I believe you're the Son of God, the one who promised God, my, God made flesh. That is Martha's response. She, she connects the fact that this person who claims to give resurrection and give life must be the Son of God. The big question is, do you believe that Jesus was sent by God? The surprising thing is about Martha is, 
that she believes that believes without any miracle. See, Lazarus is not raised yet, yet she believes that he has been sent by God, that he is the one who can raise the dead. Martha sees that he really is the resurrection and, and the life. But she sees more than that, just a, more than just a mighty miracle worker. So she, she sees he has been sent by the Father to deal with her greatest needs, sin and death. So the problem is death. And the answer is Jesus, because he can raise the dead, because he's been sent by God. Jesus' glory will eventually be seen in his death. For Lazarus to rise, as we read later, Jesus must die. You flick forward in chapter 11 and you will see that the death squads are being rounded up. The Pharisees' secret police have been sent out and they've been given their orders. The assassins are waiting with their guns. So America is mounting their mighty forces at the moment to dethrone Saddam. The aircraft carriers in the Gulf, their troops are on the border, their missiles are pointed at Saddam's bunkers. So there's great force there to deal with one man. Well, the great problem we have is death, and God's solution is to send one man to a cross. Simple solution. And that is where we see God's glory. The disciples will see God's glory at the cross. They will follow him and see his resurrection glory. Martha and the disciples are, are not superstars. So we've looked at their faith. They're not Cameron Diaz's and, and George Clooney's of the cinema screen. So Martha, will, in the other gospel, will get it wrong. She will make mistakes. The disciples, as we read from the gospels, will continue to misunderstand what Jesus is saying. They will fall, they will stumble. Yet there are people with faith. Martha will not criticize Jesus because he is the son of God, because she, she trusts him. The disciples will follow him because he is their leader because he is the son of God. What are your prizes going to be this year? What are going to be the things that you make important in this year? Will it be to trust Christ in our questions and our struggles? Not to doubt him, but to trust. Will we be determined to follow where he leads us, even though it looks dangerous and potentially life-threatening? The big question, will we trust Jesus to our death? And I guess that is the question that we don't talk about, but I guess the question that it bothers us in our minds. I remember being in a discussion group with somebody who um, had some friends at school and those are exactly the questions that they were dealing with. Um, they were scared of death. And I guess that is a big issue. And what I want to say is that, well, you see God's glory if you believe, as Martha and the disciples understand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we thank you that uh, your word reveals to us that you have been sent by God, that you're not a man without glory, but that you're a man who sits enthroned in heaven and who reigns over heaven and earth. And Lord, we pray, Lord, as we thought about faith, how that we should trust you, Lord, that you're a God who gives good things. We thought about faith, how we should follow you. And Lord, we ask as we are being your people that you would help us to do that this year that when the tough times come and when the, the things don't pan out the way we, we expected, that we would trust and that we continue to believe. Lord, we pray you would help us to believe, trust you with our death. Lord, we ask, Lord, that we may um, run the race of perseverance, that we may uh, place our confidence in you, that you will raise us up for the last day. 
But we want to remember those Christians who are under persecution tonight and who are dealing with these very issues, who have to trust you with their death. And we ask that you may encourage them, Lord, that they may see your glory, Lord, as they um, serve you and as they suffer for you. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, you go with us now. In Christ's name, amen.